Anthony, I thought we talked about this. We are winning, Craig. We are winning off the field. No, no. By what? By what count? What you mean? We're inching closer and closer, or I guess we're getting closer to solidifying our spot in next year's NFL draft and having a top five pick. That's okay. winning off the field, baby. By losing on the field. Yes. I don't think that's what Bruce meant. <laughs> oh. Hey, Bub, we're just winning. Winning off the field. We're oh. winning on and off the field. Yes. I'm trying to find this Trinity Rodman Millie Rock for you. Millie Rock? Ooh. She uh she scored for the U.S. this weekend and they're friendly. Uh let's see if this is it real quick. Was it was it sturdy? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, here we go. Oh yeah. I'll have to I'll have to, to wait, no, go back. Go back. Oh, YouTube, you're killing me. Oh, you lost it. I did. Uh, oh, there we go. Okay. Whew. All right. I'm going to send this to Anthony uh, while he hits the button to get us started on the on the pick six. Because he's ready to do that. The six biggest commander storylines. It is caught! Delivered at six o'clock sharp. It's the pick six at six. I'm going to be the biggest and harshest critic, but I'm also the number one fan. Millie Rock review coming up at uh, at 6.45. Don't, don't forget before real things, Anthony. Very important. We're gonna we're gonna have you uh, review trends, Millie Rock. I got you. Okay. Uh, as for right now, number one, you sir said the most important person on Sunday would be Ron Rivera, <laughs> uh, especially defensive coordinator Ron Rivera. I'm not gonna say that you were wrong. Yeah. His defense sure did give up some stuff. Yeah. I don't know that it was necessarily a his defense thing. But, I mean, maybe more GM, Ron? I don't know. What did you think? Because you, you've left some notes here in the rundown that I think are interesting, and I don't know that I agree with them. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I don't think it was all JDR and Brent, Brent uh, Wieselmeyer who was, who was behind, you know, the defense's poor play. To be honest, I think it was all of them as a collective because JDR and Wieselmeyer, whether they're here or not, they're not the people holding back this, this unit. We, we just – overestimated the talent that we have on this you, you know this roster and we've been talking about it all season long and Ron you know with him stepping in I don't necessarily think he went about you know fixing everything it was supposed to be you know simplified you know so that the guys can like understand it and guess what it still didn't work so well you could be simple and still bad yeah that too like I mean the first touch on a Tyree kill like they lined it up pretty simple man to man and yep. they, they lost um, you know, later in the game, the second touchdown to Tyree Kill, like, I don't think that coverage is that complicated. Yeah. They screwed it up, and they lost. Yeah. Like, you can still lose, and I, they faced a team that is impossible to prepare for. It's, this is the biggest mismatch coordinator-wise, maybe in the whole league. You have an old-school, super simple uh, defensive coordinator who, by the way, is trying to install his stuff and try to make it as easy and digestible as possible in one week. I know they had the mini buy, mm-hmm. but they don't get to talk to the players until they get back in the building, which they don't aren't there the whole weekend. So they came back and they did the best they could. Like I think they had probably I, I'd be curious to watch the tape, but my guess is the call sheet was pretty simple. They don't have players that generate pass rush. There's only so much they could do. And a lot of that though stems from the fact that Del Rio implemented something that didn't work and Ron's having to try to undo it in week 13 against the Miami Dolphins and Visselmeyer like 
the technique and all the stuff. They can't undo and teach everything. They're trying to tweak off what's already there to try to make it palatable. But realistically, like, this is... Like, to say it wasn't Del Rio and Visselmeyer, like, it was largely those guys because uh, it's just the stink doesn't wear off that quickly. It's one week. Okay. And these guys were working with these players all off-season long, all training camp, and all season, and they never could get it right. And Rivera, I mean, there is some stuff that they did better. I know it doesn't really look that way on the scoreboard, but you, you, Logan's first pass through the game when he was watching it live, he's like, you know, you see a couple of things where they're able to do some things a little bit faster, a little bit better than they have in the past. Um, well, and to me, I'm much more interested in the final four games than this one. This is a a total throwaway for me defensively because of the opponent. Um, but we'll see. And also, by the way, all those guys, don't, uh, Rivera obviously very included, they helped pick the players too. Yeah. So that seems that seems relevant. Ugh. Number two. Percy Butler, uh, second Tyreek Hill touchdown is not a good look for him. He's not remotely close. Like, you're the deep safety there. Deeper than the deepest is the rule. Tyreek Hill got deeper than you. Uh, the first one is not on him. Uh, he makes a nice play later in the game. Like it, it's The problem with Percy Butler is he plays a lot of good football. Again, PFF had him as one of the highest grade players on the Commanders. And like a se- grade in the 70s, not even like, uh, which is green. Like that's that's not a bad day. If, if, if your entire team is in the 70s, you win the football game. The problem is the plays that he that are bad for him are like really bad and consequential. And that's just not a way you can play safety in this league. So if you're gonna have bad plays, have them be small hiccups uh that are correctable within the play. Do not have them be you are the the guy that's supposed to be deeper than the deepest and you are not, or you're the last player on run support and you miss a tackle. Can't do that every single week. It's unplayable football. Um and that's that's the Percy Butler story. Number three. Sam Howell was your pick, bold Anthony. <sighs> Number three was Sam Howell. And uh, I don't think – I mean, Sam didn't have a good game. Like, he, he just didn't. Uh, this was a third straight game uh, where he had a pick six, even though the play that Van Ginkle makes was a hell of a play. Um, also, he's still, you know, holding on to the ball a little bit. Now, some of that does have to do with receivers not getting over as quick as they should. Um, but still, it's just the fact that, you know, he's still getting hit at a, a crazy amount. But my biggest takeaway from watching Sam uh, that this game was that he showed that he's an effective runner. You know, he he and he proved that he can um, be a bit of a playmaker. So, yeah, I'm still highly encouraged about what I've seen from uh, from Sam. But th- there's still just more. And I think four games is more than enough sample size uh, for us to, you know, continue to evaluate him. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what the next couple of weeks uh, look like for him. This Miami defense is actually pretty good. Um, They have great players on the back end. Uh, They get 24 pressures in the game, which is a lot. Um, You know, considering they got 24 pressures on, I think it was 55 snaps. Mm. Like, sheesh, man. It's a lot of of pressure. Um, And I don't think the offensive line was good. Chris Paul was, like, fairly terrible in this game. Um, and I think the thing is, like, this offense feels very predictable and non-explosive, and so you have DBs that just sit on stuff, and this zone match stuff that a lot of these really good teams play, and by the way, the guy who kind of started that was Vic Fangio, the Dolphins defensive coordinator. It really crushes this system, and some of this is the receivers themselves, but, like, 
They're running the routes sometimes as design, and defensive backs are matching it. It's like, what do you want them to do? So I think Sam played okay. Um, I think Sam needs to be better on schedule. They haven't been good on schedule in a long time, and sometimes that is him getting the ball out now or throwing with more anticipation. There are times where if he just throws the ball out into space, like a guy's going to run open if he doesn't look open at the time of you know, the decision. You have to trust that that the space is there. So sometimes it's on Sam. Sometimes it's on the O-line giving up quick early pressures. He still does vacate clean pockets too often. There's one play that I wanted to... I saw like a reverse angle, and I'd be curious to ask Logan about it um, tomorrow when we tape take command, and we often watch some tape together before we do. Um, well, like, Sam looks like he drops back to his right. And, like, instead of dropping straight back under center, and sometimes that's by design, mm-hmm. but the pocket is, like, even. Yeah. And he, and he just kind of drops back into pressure, and it's one of the sacks that Wiley gives up. But, like, if you were to take, like, Photoshop Sam out of the photo, it looked like a clean pocket. So, like, why is Sam floating that way? Did he see a flash of color um, to the left side of the pocket and and fade right and then wind up running into a sack? So there's still plenty of, like, very nuanced stuff to, to get to. I don't love the play calling. The receivers are not killing it. The The offensive line is not playing well. It's just hard to evaluate him right now. Uh, quickly, the last three. Number four. Uh, Brian Robinson. Uh, he was very, very good until he got hurt. I think it's interesting that Rivera was like, yep, uh, he felt a hamstring and we didn't want to risk it. Uh, it shows you how important he is for the future of this team, but also how out of it they are. Um, so B-Rob... And the running game in general, they ran the ball a ton yesterday, which yep. is weird in a game you're down 31-7 at halftime, but I guess I don't know what to make of it. Number five. Terry McLaurin. We talked about Terry quite a bit already. We'll continue to talk about him. I think more as the week goes on. Um, I don't know that he's doing a bad job of getting open. I think he's doing a bad job. Like He is not open often in times where Sam has to throw. So there are times where he's winning, but it's taking too long because it's a long-developing route. And the pressure or the protection doesn't hold up. Um, or like I think there's a couple plays at times where like he's coming at there's one in particular where I remember he's coming out of a bunch and Jahan's just too slow in front of him. Like get out of Terry's way. You gotta understand you can't hop, skip, and a jump off a line if you're the head of a bunch because you're screwing up everyone behind you. And so that and then like the play calling of just not getting him the slants, not getting him a touch on a screen. Shoot. Hand him the football on an end around or on one of these little touch passes. You watch all the ways that Miami gets their playmakers the ball, and it just drives me bleeping bonkers that Terry can't get some of those. Yeah, I, I, I think you perfectly said everything. All right, on to <laughs> number six. Jamin Davis. Uh, Jamin played an okay football game yesterday. Uh, could have been a lot worse if on the Tyreek Hill first touchdown, uh, Tua had thrown Devin Achan in, or Devon Achan instead uh, because he smoked Jamin off the line. But generally speaking, like Jamin had a couple tackles for loss. He continues to probably be the best playmaker on this defense. He's not perfect. He, to me, is a part of the future for sure. Um, but... You'd like him to be in the bottom half of your defensive skill players. Like, if you rank your defenders 1 through 11 and Jamin Davis is, like, your ninth best player, you're going to be a really good defense. If he's, like, your second best player, which is feels like what he's been this season, I don't even know which of the defensive tackles is first, if even they are. If, if Jamin's your best player, like, you're not very good, and that's what this team is. All right, when we get back, I want to talk a little bit more about Eric Bieniemy and something that Ron Rivera said today about EB in this offense that I think he meant as a defense, but to me, 
is offensive, if you will. It's next on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We'll recap some of the top stories uh, around the league coming up in what's trending at 645. And actually take a peek ahead tonight to the NBA's in-season tournament coming up at 6.30. Anthony, it's time for the tournament. It is time for show. You probably don't even get that reference. The tournament. I don't. I was trying to like figure out like where you got it from. But uh, so back back in the day, uh, the the guy who ran the Masters, uh-huh. um, I think his name was like <laughs> Hootie Johnson, which is just old Southern white dude named Hootie yeah. ran ran the Masters golf tournament. Mm. But he said tournament. The tournament. To, it's it was like is he like American? cartoons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just very Southern. Oh, like like. There's different kinds of Southern accents, and there's kind of this very proper, like it's most associated with Charleston, like old Charleston, South yeah. Carolina. Like, oh, the the proper, no, that's too British. Yeah, I was like, about to say, that's that's giving Br- British. That's why I, I could thought. Get, I could get into it if I really needed to, but my brain's not working there. I'm also trying to, you know, make sure I nail this Eric Bien-Me take in a second. Um, the, the point is, he would say, the Masters Tournament. Mm. The proper and you said his name was what one more time? I think it was Hootie Johnson. Hootie Johnson. All right. While you're uh, giving your your uh, Eric B. Enemy take, I will be looking up Hootie Johnson. All right. Excellent. <laughs> I also might not have that name right. But oh, I'm pretty okay. sure. I'm pretty sure that was. I'm gonna find it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, apropos of none of that, we'll talk about the NBA's in-season tournament coming up at 6:30. So, I am ready to declaratively say Eric B. Enemy, not the guy moving forward for the commanders. I am just thoroughly unimpressed with what they've done offensively. And the short version, the the super harsh take, uh, if you listen to the show uh, over the last year, uh, and specifically a year ago, is the Scott Turner era was coming to an end. And a lot of the criticism that mounted of Scott is, for Eric, he is running a West Coast version of what Scott Turner ran. There is not a lot of motion. There is not a lot of uh, moving receivers around. There's not a lot of formation usage to create advantages. There's not a lot of, uh, I don't want to say force-feeding your star players, but creating genuine opportunities for your star players that ensure that they're going to get the football. And that is a philosophical difference that I have with a lot of coaches who just say, hey, we have good schemes. We know that these concepts work. Let's just run them. And our X receivers are X receiver. Our Z receivers are Z receiver. Our slot guys are slot guy. Our tight ends are t- like, no, I like moving pieces around. I like if I have a really good tight end to see what happens if I put him out as my X receiver and seeing if I can get a, uh, a matchup on a linebacker out in space. If I have something that I think is an easy completion over the middle to my slot receiver, why not put my my lead dog receiver there? Why not take my X receiver and line him up in the slot and say, hey, you can run this route from here and you're going to get a good ball. And you might, by the way, get a, a worse matchup. You might get their nickel corner who's not as good as the number one corner who's been dogging you all day on the outside. Like there's just things that you should do as, as part of a good offense, I think, in 2023 that also mess with the rules of what defenses do and mess with some of the things that have over the years been developed to combat these more static offenses that I don't think Eric Bieniemy does. But there's also kind of a, a timeline of adaptation issue that to me is an, an enormous flaw. And it, it drives me, frankly, nuts to even hear 
Ron Rivera say what he said today about EB. Um, Anthony, the question is not in this bite by any chance, is it? No, I didn't include it. You want it? Um, If you have it, like, readily accessible right now, if not, I will summarize. Um, The... uh, You got it? Yep. No. Nope. Okay. All right. I'll summarize. No worries. That's that. I didn't ask you for it. That's not a. That's not a fine on Anthony. If anything, it's a fine on me for uh, exposing uh, a potential miscommunication there. Um, also, I didn't think that I would want the question until right now. The question was: Is Eric Bieniemy running what he ran in Kansas City, or is he actually fitting a scheme to what the Commanders have here? A portion of it out. Just making sure we, I think what we're trying to do is try and figure that part portion of it out. Just making sure we, you know, we can do certain things and certain elements. I mean, we've run the ball a little more effectively lately, and, and there's been a little bit more of an emphasis on that as well. And uh, again, as we just, you know, work through it, I, I think, again, you see some of those, some of those things. But again, it's, it does come down to us executing and, you know, making sure we're, we're, we're getting the right calls out. What do you mean we're trying to figure that out? It's now week 14, you're four and nine, you're all but eliminated from playoff contention, you've secured yet another non-winning season, we're out of time, you needed to figure that out, I would give you till October, as a new OC in this, you know, installing your stuff, if you all of a sudden were like, hey, we had a good training camp, we're still growing, we're going to try to compete these first couple of weeks. And then you, you hit your stride and you roll through October, November, December, and on into January. And hopefully uh, you can play late into January. That's fine. But these games count. And they count for the end of your regime here. And if you think that you have a football team that needed to run the football more as a head coach on Ron Rivera, where the hell were you in August? Where were you in May when you didn't practice running the football? We've run the ball better as of late. Okay, that's nice. Uh, when you're down in a bunch of games and you are down in your season, like it's a little late. They didn't emphasize it in the offseason. They didn't run it at all. And I, I liked some of the stuff they were doing philosophically, but I voiced concern about them not doing any run work. I asked Biennemi and, and Rivera, and I asked those guys about it, and they were basically like, you know, we get the work in in the classroom. We're fine. Clearly, they're not fine. They've figured out how to run the ball effectively now because teams are surprised when they do it. But they're they they're one of the last leagues uh, or last in the league in attempts. They don't even try, and it, it, the result is you don't get a the the kind of defenses you see when a team respects your ability to run it, even though they're averaging like four six a carry. And by the way, they can't score, and that's the to me the biggest indictment of this offense is. Last year, they, I think, finished averaging 20.5 uh, points per game. So scoring offense, uh, they were bottom third of the league, and they were averaging just over 20.5 points per game. This year, they are in the bottom 10 of the league. Uh, actually, they might be just outside the bottom 10. Uh, let's see. Patriots are last. The Patriots are averaging 12.3 points per game. Yikes. Uh, the Giants are averaging 13.3. Imagine how low that number would be if they didn't do what they did to the Commanders. Uh, so you got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So the 12th worst team in the league, they're 20th, 
and they are averaging 20.1 points per game. 20.1 after the 15 that they dropped the other day. Last year, uh, I beg your pardon, they're averaging 20.5 going into the day. They were 18.9 last year. So if they get shut out by San Francisco and and they're scoring around the same amount of points that they have been the last couple of weeks in some of these other games, they ain't going to be that far off that, that 18.9 number. And that's ultimately why EB was brought in. They didn't produce enough. And while they're producing more, I would say they're doing it with significantly better quarterback and Howell over Heineke and especially over what Wentz was for them last year. And the results are just not there. And meanwhile, you have players like Dotson and McLaren who you've invested majorly in that aren't features of your offense are having way worse seasons. And in Terry's case, I mean, Jahan's a second-year player, but in Terry's case, the worst season of his career, coming off arguably the worst game of his career, and it's, it's just frustrating because it seems like there's so many easy things they could do, so much low-hanging fruit to be better. And so I'm out. Like, we'll see what happens over the next four games. I hope we get a good look at Sam and, and gets to play more on schedule and on structure and we get to see him operate like that. And it just doesn't feel like a chicken with his head cut off to get anything going. Uh, the, the run around Sam, make a play offense. But I'm good. I'm good on that moving forward. Stoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. And to kind of wrap that up too, by the way, part of that is the speed at which it needs to happen. If you don't have the urgency to get it done and try to win your games now, and you're like, oh, this is a multi-year install. No. Too many other coaches have done it quickly. And that that to me is, is what's super frustrating. Anyway, it's Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. When we get back, a preview of tonight's NBA action in the in-season tournament quarterfinals. A very important Millie Rock review in 10 minutes. Also, real things. Uh, also, 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 Anthony, tomorrow night, I'm very excited for Hard Knocks. Oh, because the, the, the Dolphins. Commanders, Dolphins. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it because I know Tyreek was definitely on the sideline talking some trash. Because after the, his second, like, 60-yard touchdown, First of all, the throw that Tua throw like makes is perfect. Well, that's perfect the, the funny thing about that one is he wasn't even out of his break. <laughs> well, Tyreek, it looked like it was a bad ball. Oh, and Tyreek was like, "I ran the wrong route," but Tyreek is dumb fast enough that he was able to flip, get on the other shoulder, find the ball, and have enough separation to still score and not get caught from behind. And also, Tua did a great job of hanging it up there yeah. so that Tyreek had the time to do that. Ridiculous ball from Tua. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I'm going to watch it because I haven't watched any of the Dolphins in season hard knocks. Oh, But I'll watch the tomorrow. first two episodes were good. I'll first watch. two episodes were very good. Um, definitely definitely worth it, and I'm excited to see the uh, the Commanders get the uh, – <laughs> You're excited for that, huh? I mean, I want to see what it was like on the sideline. I'm also oh. curious what the conversation between McDaniel and Rivera was after the game. Because mm. um, Ron told a story last week that Mike, uh, at one point in his career when he was younger, was trying to get into this, like wrote letters to a bunch of NFL head coaches, and Ron responded. Um, so I'm sure that there is some mutual respect and appreciation from McDaniel. Also probably somewhere deep inside him that he would never say into a microphone an appreciation for how simple that defense was to destroy. Um, tonight in the NBA, TNT's got the action from Indianapolis and then Sacramento 
for the NBA's in-season tournament. So these are the quarterfinals. Everyone now outside of the group play. So most teams obviously eliminated, Wizards included. Uh, Because of that, they then got the rest of their schedule. So Wednesday, uh, they will take on the 76ers at home. Joel Embiid coming to town with a 32-point-per-game, 11-rebound-per-game stat line so far this season, definitely steamrolling towards MVP contention again. And then they'll also play on Friday uh, in Brooklyn. So that'll be a fun one to watch. Nets rolling around 500 this year. Uh, So for the teams that are in it, though, you get a game uh, tonight for the semis. Uh, and the semis are the games that are in Vegas. There's two tonight, two tomorrow. Celtics and Pacers uh, gets us started tonight, Anthony. And the Pacers have been one of the, like, obviously in the in-season tournament, they have been one of the more pleasant surprises all year long. Uh, or they've been one of the more pleasant surprises there, playing really well in the in-season tournament. But they've also been, I think, a pretty pleasant surprise all year long. They are putting up a ton of points. They play super fast. And that gives them a chance. Night in and night out. I mean, there are some of the scores in these games are crazy. Like, they just played back-to-back games against Miami. In Miami, they lost the first one 142-132, and they won the second one 144-129. to They played a game against the Hawks earlier this year that they won 157-152. to And they also put up 140 on us, right, opening night? Yeah. I mean, what, they've, was that what it was? They've had 150 <laughs> points either scored by them or against them or right, let's go 140. One, two, three. That's a 134. Uh, four. That's four and five. The Hawks game, both teams were over. Uh, six, seven times this year. Wow. Either they or their opponents scored 140 because they just get up and down the floor like crazy, which could be really fun tonight. Like, can Boston slow them down? Yeah. Or do they just be like, well, we'll run with you and we'll run you out the gym? If I'm the be- if I'm a betting man, I'm taking the over in this contest. But my, my well, thing- the the over under is two forty five and a half. So oh my gosh! Now gonna, I'm scared. That's you're gonna have to you got if one of them puts up one forty, you're probably good. Oh yeah. Um, but it, that's that's like a what? That that's like a one twenty to or one twenty five one twenty type of game. Yeah, I mean the Celtics like Take to the get over. out and run as well. Like, I don't know th- this. This is going to be an interesting game. I, I just feel like the Celtics, though, they have the experience. They'll be able to lock in defensively. I think that's the only thing the, the Pacers are missing. But you add, you, you add a guy like Bruce Brown to, you know, bring that um, defensive intensity, but you need more of it, you know, from everybody. So And just better defensive execution. I mean, yeah. they don't have good defenders. Yeah. Um, which is why, like, they're an interesting trade team for me. Like, do they try to pull something where they they finally ship out Miles Turner? Mm. Um Mm. and try to get someone who's got a – I mean, he, like, Turner's a good shot blocker at the rim, but, like, yeah. if you try to get, like, real defensive presence. Yeah. Uh, Pelicans and Kings is the other game tonight. Zion starting to round into form, uh, 23.5 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, 4.9 assists. Um, they were rolling until C.J. McCollum had his uh, issue, and McCollum is coming back soon. I don't know no, if he's, 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 he's back. back. He's back. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He came back late last week. Um, meanwhile, Kings have not quite picked up where they were last year. They were the three seed, but they're they're playing good ball. They're eleven and seven on the year. De'Aaron Fox averaging over thirty a game. This one should be really fun. Like low key, super fun. Is like the changing of the guard happens in the Western Conference. Yep. These are two teams that are ready to try to take the mantle. Yeah, 
I like this matchup a lot. I'm just really excited to see Zion, you know, on the court. You know, he's trusting the plan, the process that they put in place for him. And the Pelicans are getting healthy. When, last year, when Zion and B.I. and C.J., they were at the top of the West. So they this is no so surprise good. that, you know, they're uh, doing so good in the uh, NBA in-season tournament. To be honest, if they're the underdog, I'm going with them to win this game. Uh, Knicks and Bucks tomorrow, Suns and Lakers, the games tomorrow. So those will be fun. Uh, those will be uh, those also. Yeah, those are also TNT games. So the quarters uh, all on TNT tonight and tomorrow. I think Stephen A is going to be joining. I think the ESPN crew is also joining the NBA TNT crew. For these, oh, are they really? Yeah, for these uh, in season tournament games. That'll be interesting. It will be very interesting. <laughs> there will be fireworks in the studio. Yes, uh, probably real things. That's well. probably uh, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, which brings us to the end of the show. Real things is next, as well as a very important review by Anthony Haney of a Trinity Rodman Millie Rock. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, coming up tomorrow on the show, uh, Anthony. It's Tuesday. What do we do on Tuesdays? Uh, we definitely have Overreaction Tuesday with Big L. Right. Uh, we have vibe check, which is that'll be fun. Yeah, uh, definitely got vibe checked. What else is on Tuesday? Like, is it? Do we have a usual guest on Tuesday that I'm forgetting about? We do take command. No, we don't do take command because we uh, Linnell, take Linnell's the only person that we have on Tuesdays. Yeah. Okay. And we have. Is it Maryland tonight? Tomorrow? Are we are we going to seven o'clock? Two straight days. I, that's what I literally just pulled up. Um, are we going to bless the people for three straight hours? Are the are the bosses and the scheduling gods going to allow us three full hours of radio? Two straight days. I'm having a hard time uh, reading the schedule. I'm not going to lie. How hard is it? It's a spreadsheet, bro. I know. Is it just not opening for you? What, what's f- going on over there? How how hard could it be? You need me to pull it up? Because I, I can't leave the people in flux. We can't can't be doing that. Let's see. Tomorrow. Uh let's see. The week of twelve four. That is correct. Uh tonight following us, uh, we have Turk talking Terps with Coach Willard. Uh, and then eventually after that, we will join the Bengals and Jags right before kickoff. So no, uh, you won't miss any of the game. And then tomorrow, it's just a regular old Hoffman show from 4 to 7, and then Bet MGM tonight. Yep. Uh, Penn State and Terps. Uh, by the way, Doc will be in on Wednesday and Thursday. Len- or sorry, Len- Doc will be in on Wednesday. Linnell will be in on Thursday. Yes, sir. And when you get full three full hours of Linnell, you only get two and a half of Doc. So oh, apolog- apologies to the people. Because obviously that's everyone wants wants full, full Doc. And then, bro... The Wizards and Nets play at seven fifteen on or at seven thirty on Friday, so pregame at seven fifteen. I got three shows this week, and they're all three hours. You gotta love it, then, correct? Not shortchanging anybody. <laughs> Certainly not myself. Yes, sir. And then uh, we got we got to get it in now though, because there's like what I think the day before the like the Friday before Christmas, we only have like a half hour show. Or like one of one of those days that week, because uh, like ain't George, no way George, a half hour. Yeah, Georgetown plays uh, like a four thirty game or something, or a five o'clock game or something. I want to know what to do with myself, Craig. I don't know if I were you, I'd tell, I'd offer Essex twenty bucks and tell him to stay. 
I can do the show from home. You can't do the show from home. You're right. If I were you, I'd offer Matt Essig. I'll offer Matt Essig 20 bucks for you. I got to look into this. You probably, you probably should just ask our boss to do that for you. You don't want you to save yourself some money. And, yeah, uh, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't make any sense for you to come in for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, we can figure that out. Anyway, uh, all right. Without further ado, uh, U.S. Women's National Team played Saturday. Mm-hmm. Trinity Rodman, uh, goal and an assist. The Washington Spirit star playing well uh, in the red, white, and blue. Very blue, uh, the uniforms this weekend. And after she scored, she hit the Millie Rock. Hit a Millie Rock. The Millie Rock. Either way, it works. Anthony, rate the Millie Rock. So it was definitely sturdy. Like, I feel as though when you do the Millie Rock, it has to be sturdy. You got to be on beat. And she was really into it. I seen the passion, you know, coming, like, all in her face. I, I saw it all. So I would give it an A++, to be honest. A++. And, plus, and they added the music over it, which was... Yeah, the YouTube cut that I sent you. Yeah. Um, what wasn't in that cut is her teammate, Mia Official, matching her energy. Oh, my which God. Which you can see from the reverse angle. Wow! <laughs> and, and just, mm, double sturdy Millie Rock. Craig, can we see your Millie Rock? No. It's a, it's a new generation. <laughs> and I don't think I'm... It's, it's real I know simple, my role Craig. Move the shoulders a little bit. Yeah. One more time. Yeah. <laughs> Real things. We're not going to be f- sunk this year. Real people. Five and 11. Not very good. Set into real microphones. You know, the culture is actually damn good. Before I hit these clips, Anthony, I'm going to remind you of a key to life. Yes. The key to life or a key to life is a star in your role oh, okay i host the show you hit the <laughs> million got you uh this was incredible uh over the weekend uh our friends friends of the show noah and ian eagle of course ian longtime cbs uh broadcaster and more does has been doing the play-by-play for the the new jersey and now brooklyn nets for 25 years uh then his son noah who has come on the show is is also a play-by-play broadcaster and and he actually is doing a couple of Nets games this year, including eventually for Ian, uh, specifically when Ian does March Madness. So there's like a plan later in the year, an Eagle succession plan. But uh, there was a game that I think due to football uh, responsibilities on Saturday night, Noah made his yes debut. And so on Friday, before Ian left for his football assignment, Noah joined the broadcast and... Uh, Sarah Kustak, the color analyst, was ready to interview him, but Noah had a headset of his own, and he kind of just decided his time was now. Did you ever think that you and your dad will both be having yes on your mic flags, both calling the games? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, I just I spent so much time watching him. I just always thought that would be the setup, and I really have, I've enjoyed it. And to be here is pretty special, as did what he brings into the front court to start the second quarter with the Nets up by one. Oh, oh, well, I set. haven't asked you any questions yet, but I was wondering because normally when I do I interviews, know. Oh, I the drive and the foul. Why do you Lonnie have Walker a headset on in. right now? What is happening? No, I don't know what you're talking about. What's Walker's going to shoot. Two 
two here to try to re-extend this Nets lead up by as many as ten. And Walker has been just such a revelation for this team on that one-year minimum contract. So much special promise that he's brought, so much punch off the bench. Really an enticing signing for this team has earned himself a reputation around the league. And you know you're not working tonight. Drills that first free throw. Yeah, has anybody told him that he's not working tonight? Like, dude, clean your apartment. Actually, do you think he should just come sit in my seat? Yeah, dude. See, we, we don't need, like, a double box. We could just have you two sitting next to each other. Do something productive. Walker splits the pair, and the Nets will go back to the defensive end. All right. Saturday night. No eagle on hand. Excited for it. The dude, clean your apartment. <laughs> sent me. I texted Ian about it this morning, and we had a good laugh. Um, oh my god, that got that was that was so funny. That's so dope. That is so dope. Yeah, that'd Man. be pretty cool. Do you imagine? I'm still doing this 30 years from now. It's like, hey, I got a I got a a thing coming up on. Uh, I got a medical thing. Uh, like I got a medical thing this week. You know who's gonna fill in for me? My son. That'd be sweet. That would be. Crazy man, and I think the thing that's cool, like nepotism's all over this industry. Nepotism's all over everywhere. But like Noah's, at, like you hear Noah do the job, and you're like, nah, yeah, he definitely benefits from his dad being Iron, but he's that damn good. Yeah, he is. Really he's awesome. Good. And I've been lucky enough to know him for a long time. He's he's great. They're great. They're hysterically funny. Um, and that's uh, that's right. We have some very very good other quality uh, real things things. They're just too long. So we'll play them. We'll play them tomorrow, when we'll also be joined by Linnell, and we'll also have your calls. And uh, we're generally gonna have a great time. If you missed any part of the show, check it out on our podcast, the Hoffman Show podcast. You can find it anywhere you get your pods, or on YouTube. Rewind at the Team Nine Eighty, or on the free Odyssey app. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow on the Hoffman Show on the Team Nine Eighty.